2: Tom Bernard Show with
0: Co-host Catherine Brandt.
2: Andy Rand Bernard. Murray House Comedy.
1: Mike Molina. Vinny Bubatz. <laughs> <laughs>
0: My
2: favorite. Be right back, Tom Bernard Show. Walzer Automotive Group started in Minnesota over 60 years ago. Most people know something about the Walzer Way. Upfront, no haggle pricing, work with one person from start to finish, or the free lifetime powertrain warranty on most vehicles sold in Minnesota. What you might not know is they are the only automotive group that is a member of the Keystone Club. They join such great Minnesota companies as General Mills, Target, Cargill, The Twins, Wolves, and Vikings in pledging 5% pre-tax profits to local charities. It's a great example of their core values. Do the right thing, display positive energy, be open-minded, and lead by example. So if you're in the market for a new or used car, check out walzer.com or stop into one of their dealerships. Please don't say, tell them Tommy sent you, because it sounds fake and I hate it. Walzer Automotive Group.
3: It's been
2: good. It's been good, ladies and (laughs) gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you?
3: uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant.
1: So now at this point, I'm at a crossroads. So now I'm torn. Like, what do I do? And I'm looking for a sign from God. Do I stay in law on Wall Street where I have security or do I leave to pursue something I'm passionate about and there's no security and I'm scared, I don't know what to do and I'm looking for a sign from God. Oh God, give me a sign, sign. God, give me a sign. And then all of a sudden, Right, My father passed away unexpectedly, and I have to go home to help run the family furniture business, and I'm thinking, okay, God, could I have another sign? Because <laughs> can't really go home again, because like I said, I go home, and I run into my cousin Bobby, who was at the funeral, and he's out of his mind. He put a car alarm in the casket as a tribute to my father. Do you understand? So I'm home, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to run this family furniture business, because that's what my mom wanted me to do, and I'll take over the business, and we'll start small, and uh, we'll update it and modernize it. We'll bring it into the 21st century. will start small and we'll get a phone. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be great. Get a phone. We don't need a phone. What do we need a
4: phone for?
1: It's <laughs> like unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> just unbelievable. <laughs> oh the my, other part of my mother fine. just to finish this up was so I, she promised me a pony for people who missed it on the other side of the break. Uh, pony, she, we, were gonna, we were moving. She said, oh, you can get a pony so you feel better. And she reneged on the pony deal. She said, I'm not getting you a pony. Man, <laughs> I could never get Jello out. We'd go to the Magic Chef restaurant. I know. Do you want to know why I'm a comedian? I'm scarred, Tom. I'm scarred, Catherine. So... Um, I uh, we go to the mat, and I usually get like a grilled cheese and a coffee milkshake or whatever like I, that was my go to whatever when I was a kid but I wanted jello and she goes you're not getting jello I go why not she goes it's a dollar 99 for serving of jello I go so what she goes I can go buy a whole box of jello and make like 12 servings of jello for like half of what this one <laughs> serving is I'm like okay so we go home that night just like the horse I go can you make some jello? She goes, I'm not making you jello. <laughs> she goes, I'm, You don't think I have nothing better to do than make you jello? And I remember <laughs> I my comeback was, "What are you too busy brushing the pony?" <laughs> <laughs> oh,
4: yeah. I like it. Yeah.
0: I think making jelly, you just have to boil water. If I remember
4: oh, correctly, Oh, please, right? exactly. Isn't that it?
1: Yeah, it's like oh, that's she, all you have to do. It was do. a little too well. That, well, you have to open the box too. That's time consuming. Yeah,
0: so. <laughs> and, and some stirring. There's some stirring yes, too. Yes,
1: exactly. That's so. true. Oh God. It's
2: very true. Okay, now mm. uh, Catherine tells me that you have a roster of guests coming up on your podcast hmm. that you wanted to talk about.
1: Oh, I just wanted to... I just, well, yeah, I just wanted to... <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> um, I've got... Um, I mentioned uh, Frank Oz is coming on on Monday. Right. Um, and right. Marsha Clark is on. And I have this woman, Asha Rangapa, who is a former FBI counterintelligence agent who is a CNN analyst. And she's really cool and a really cool conversation uh with her about how you turn a spy um and apparently as you promised to fix the leak in his house and then you don't and then you just <laughs> give up <laughs> and, and do whatever you want um, you just give up I, exactly <laughs> That's it. i've got jay farrell coming up uh who's in a movie former snl cast member and um great guy by the, the way and his sister
2: his sister's nicer than he
1: is oh really <laughs> oh his sister's a
2: wonderful person
1: um and yeah, I know Jay from the clubs in this, in, in New York, and uh, I've got um, Alan Alda coming up. And uh, oh,
2: I love Alan Alda too. Bring up Atari. Atari. Yes, he was the he was the voiceover guy for uh, the TV guy, the sales pitch guy for Atari, the game, you know, the gaming yeah. thing. Yeah, he was the a voiceover guy. He was the voiceover guy for Atari, so tell him it's his fault, because I told him that one time <laughs> it's that Fari, Atari failed miserably because you were the voiceover guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's a great guy by the way.
1: Oh, uh,
2: Alan Alda is about as nice a guy as you'd ever want to talk
1: to. Is that right? Yeah, he, I'm oh, really excited. Guy. I mean, he's got such a such a history and uh, yeah. really cool. And Brian Cranston's going to be on. Um, I got him coming up too. Uh, oh, Brian Cranston's another yeah. great one. Yeah. So we got a lot of a lot of cool folks coming on, and uh, um, and uh, we're talking about possibly, maybe, possibly getting. Um, Steven Spielberg for like ten minutes, but we're 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 keeping our fingers crossed. They we said, shall see. They said they're they said they want to do it, but he's he's got this one ready, one player, one whatever this new movie's coming out that he's promoting. So so uh, yeah, oh, some, it's a
2: ready ready player one. Yeah,
1: ready player one. Yeah, trying to. Uh, yep, that's the name. It's yeah, about gaming. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and. Uh, so uh, yeah, we get a lot of cool people. It's Paul McCurio show. It's on iTunes and uh, Google Play and. Uh, I gotta iHeart. say, I,
3: like I listened back because two weeks ago we had Todd Glass on, and I also liked your interview with Todd Glass. Todd Glass ran over. He was only going to give us fifteen minutes, and it turned into a half hour.
4: Yeah, yeah, he he he's
1: <laughs> did. yeah. We, and there's something for everybody. There's Sugar Ray Leonard and Bob Costas and. Uh, um, Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney, know. that hack. <laughs> um, <laughs> that. Hack, yeah, yeah I forgot that. Oh yeah, love me dude. Oh, yeah, whatever. And you know, so yeah, this to so Brian
2: Cranston but <laughs> have you have you watched Sneaky Pete? Uh I've watched the show that he produces.
1: Yeah, I watched uh I've watched two episodes so far. Yeah, it's really, really good. He's really good in it. yeah he's Really good. Yeah. And uh it's just everything he does. He um he was actually on the late show the other day and he was going to do uh he was going to do a bit, but then it ended up not happening. But he's so accommodating. Like whenever he comes on the Late Show, he'll do like a sketch or something. And it's hard to get some of these big, big names to really like want to do something. You know what I mean? Like, and he's just so like cool about it and accommodating. No, he is. He's wonderful. And uh, when he was on,
2: when they started on Malcolm in the Middle, when that show started, Brian used to come on a couple times a year and do the do the morning show. And he was always just the nicest guy. And he he would always. Prop up everyone else on the show, you know, Frankie Munoz and everybody else on the show, and, and basically considered himself to be the bottom dweller on Malcolm in the middle because nobody knew who he was. Really? And then you look at what happened. Yeah, yeah, he was unbelievable. He was incredibly humble, really good
1: guy. And is he, um, it, it, it seems like that hasn't changed because uh, when I yeah. talked to him and uh, and I, it was just like, It was just like talking to a regular guy who had no pretension whatsoever, like just totally down to earth, right? And um, yes, he he, terrific. And so he, uh, he's. I'm really excited about it too because he's got like, uh, uh, I don't know. He's just got such a pedigree. Like he's everything he does is so, all of his stuff is so good, and all the. uh, So I'm really excited about having him. He's like, he's kind of one of my heroes in terms of like. uh, uh, you know actors goes anyway and uh and then uh and then we're always trying to mix it up you know have different guests and stuff like that you've been on like three times you're the only one that's been on three times on my podcast and i'm ruining everything no no it's ruining your Is that what career you're
3: <laughs> No, <laughs> i'm surprised it's hard it's hard to get
0: it's Tom, reading, especially
3: if you're talking about voiceover tom doesn't do any voiceover <laughs>
2: yeah well i i just did i just did one uh about i don't know three weeks ago i know it Well, the problem with voiceover, it used to be so much fun, and I did it for 30 years, and it was wonderful. But then it got all political, and it's like, uh, before you uh, do this... uh this uh, new promo, I want, to, want you to do a commercial for uh, Gorilla Glue, but we want to make sure what your politics are. Like, what the what? hell does that have oh to do? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. They, they, they want to know your political leanings before you do a voiceover now. So I don't even bother to call them back anymore. I just It really oh has
1: gotten God. like that, huh? Is that right? Because they're worried oh, yeah. about someone's voice ab- ab- being associated with a certain thing. Well, like, yes, but then they've got like Tom Selleck doing those reverse mortgage commercials, and he's very conservative, and I what well, that that's very conservative, yep. that doesn't seem to bother those that that
2: sponsor well, I think it with me, it's more the fact that I'm a talk radio show uh, host because they know talk radio show. people tend to say things, you know like that are really, really. They, th- they think they think that all radio personalities are kind of like Paul Mercurio. Yeah, like Jews. these are yeah, horribly like, racist things. Right, like Jews yeah, like, like bagels. they like Murray's a
1: Jew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, like that. Right. Yes, Just like, like that. that. Asians exactly are good at math. That's a fine example. <laughs> why why is saying, math, yeah. like,
1: Asians are good at math, why is that a derogatory term? I think that's a compliment. And I will never,
2: I'll never understand why anybody would be offended I by saying, hey. I don't think it's
0: derogatory. It's stereotypical, though. Yeah, but it's also true. Different.
1: <laughs> I had the uh, I had this guy Jimmy O. Oh, here's one that's uh, that's just up Jimmy O. Uh, uh, Yang, he's plays the kid on Silicon Valley, the Asian kid. Great guy. Yeah. Great kid. And he talks had about he was like wonderful. Right, he's a great kid again and he said that when, uh, he was born in Hong Kong, raised in Hong Kong came in when he was 13. But they started doing he was doing algebra and like at eight, literally. Like, they're three years uh, ahead of us. Yep. So he would come, and the the white kids would try to... The, Asian, the American kids would try to cheat off his test because he was good at yep. math. Right. I white was one kid. of those kids. He couldn't speak English. <laughs> right, exactly. The white, and, and he couldn't speak English, but he, got, he made friends. And, like, so it's not a bad thing to say those things while I look at Murray the Jew. I really thought Murray can... It was, like, the first time I met Tom and i realized he was a white guy <laughs> yeah. no because you yeah, have that voice true. like yeah baby come on yeah baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's tom it. does black that's better exactly. than black guys oh yeah tom, tom you know and so i thought <laughs> oh tom yeah, bernard bernard kind of sounds black he's a black guy and then i meet him and he's this giant white guy i'm like oh my god this is nothing like i expected and, uh, and we're going for Yeah, a Paul, get, and, Paul and gets and in the car with Ryan.
3: me this morning and goes,
1: What's up, Ron? And I go, Nope, I'm
3: Murray. He yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thought you were the
2: driver? That. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's
2: really nice. Oh, God. That's I just, really nice. I
1: just feel like you have to bring everybody together with hate. I agree. Yeah. And, <laughs> no, I, I, mean, I mean, look, you number. and I grew up the same way. We're we're slightly different in age, but we grew up the same way. It's like you just gotta people gotta relax it's just you gotta relax I mean you talked about it a little bit like how yeah. Hollywood's making all these rules now and they yes and so it's like come on it's life's too short and I think part of what stand-up should be in all seriousness is to be able to say those things that you think you can't say and then realize that after you say it things like I had Gilbert on my podcast Gilbert Godfrey, for you I'm sure you love Gilbert on. and I t- asked Absolutely. him I Favorite. said you know why do you do all of those like off color jokes and inappropriate in jokes let's say you know like about 9 11 or this or that and tsunamis and he goes i think it's like a bad taste joke as he calls it it's like a roller coaster ride you go on the roller coaster and you think you're going to die and then it's over and you realize you didn't and he goes i think people should experience that they can hear a joke that might make them a little uncomfortable and realize you're still there at the end of it and uh, i think there's a lot of legitimacy to that yeah speaking of which we have the other
3: uh, lawyer from rhode island <laughs>
1: In studio. The other lawyer from
2: Rhode
3: Island?
1: <laughs> You're from Rhode Island? Yeah, Bristol. I'm Rhode Island. Oh.
3: oh. I know. I came Bristol. to see you last time you were here. Oh,
1: right. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, my, uh, my wife's uh, father, my father-in-law lived yep. in Bristol for a bunch of years.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I've talked to you on the phone. I called in uh, last time you were on the
1: podcast.
4: Oh, right, so, right, 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 right. Yeah. Now he's I like,
3: remember. yeah, now he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. No, no, no,
4: I, no, I, like, remember. I remember
1: shit. No. Oh, the <laughs> call and I remember, yeah. And I like the Jags. Jet- so did you hear <laughs> – Red Sox, right.
2: On the way in, did you hear the uh, the ho- hockey hockey goalies are all dirtbags? Yeah, they, they, they are. are yeah, bro- they, they are. Dirt bags. <laughs> Oh, that was so funny. You sent me this angry text. <laughs> yeah, well, everybody from Lincoln is a dirtbag, a complete scumbag. It was hilarious. Yeah. And by the and way, then Paul
1: McCurry goes, That's true. It's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. We know each other. Yeah. And my, my uncle lived in, in Lincoln and he was a scumbag. So. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, there you go. look at all we're learning today. Exactly. Look at all
2: we're learning
3: today. Exactly. Wonderful. Magnificent, that, I think, anyway. That Jesus thing you so, played today, the Jesus on uh, that call into the police, it, that was unbelievable. Oh God, <laughs>
2: yeah? It's one of the greatest. <laughs> wow.
3: I love that the very end he goes, and I drank him out, and He
2: just throws that in at
1: the end. It's like he unburdened <laughs> himself. <laughs> he had this
2: guilt and he was unburdening himself. Oh, God. I think that what, now, Paul, what time do you have to leave for sure?
1: Uh, I got to leave in about uh, in about five minutes or so, yeah. So you You're got my first minutes. hour.
3: Yeah. The first hour.
2: Yeah. Okay,
1: good. Yeah. What you, five minutes. What do you got to do? Um, I just got to make a call at two o'clock. That's all. So whether. What? Yeah. That's like 45 minutes from now. You oh, know, all right. Well, well, I just have to get back to my room, but I could do it from <laughs> over here. That's all right. Whatever. I can hang for a little bit. I can hang.
2: Can you do one more segment, because that's why Michael Bryant, he didn't come in to see Molina. Nope, hell no.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll do a segment, sure. <laughs> I don't believe if he Yankee yell, fans.
3: <laughs> well, especially yeah, today, opening day, I'm a Yankee
1: fan, he's a Sox fan. <laughs> You're a Yankee fan? Yeah, exactly, so, right, yeah. He he's I, I thought by. there was something cancerous about <laughs> you. <Yeah. didn't laughs> keep keep hiding behind those computers over there, bud. <laughs> yeah. yeah, keep hiding behind that pathetic oh, wife as <laughs> a Yankee
2: fan. Oh. <laughs> That's exact. Hey, by the way, M- Michael Bryant, mm-hmm. uh, has, has there been any verdict yet in Orlando on the uh, the newer Solomon no. case? Yeah. I don't think so.
3: Not uh, they haven't come. They've been they've been deliberating for what two days now. I, I think that's right. I, I haven't heard of a verdict down there cool. yet. Well, the amazing thing is her defense is "I'm a moron." Yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> that's her defense. It
3: was a
2: very effective <laughs> it's defense. Terrible. So. Yeah. I guess we're gonna find out how effective it was. Uh, Her, I've got an IQ of 84. I'm a moron. That's my defense. <laughs> like, oh my god, uh, that's it, huh? All right, so we got two dirt bags from Rhode Island hey, with you, us in the next segment. You know hey. it. Hey, Tommy. Hey, Tommy. Two we'll right
1: I like we'll you. Be right back, Tom Bernard Show.
2: Hi, this is Tom. If you spend any time at the lake, you can relate to the pure joy of hanging out on the dock. You, family, friends and the calm of the water. If this sounds like heaven, you're gonna want a Flow Dock. Flow Docks are rock solid with double bracing to eliminate side to side sway and get this, you can install, level and remove your Flow Dock without even getting into the water. You see, Flow's passion to invent a better way to make life easier comes through in every product they make, right down to Flow boat lifts that are quieter, faster and effortless to install and use. Are you starting to see a pattern here? Flow is about making things easy, meaning, you have more time to enjoy being at the lake. Isn't that why you go there in the first place? See for yourself why they say they've been perfecting leisure time since 1983. See them at F-L-O-E-I-N-T-L dot com. Flow docks and lifts. A better way. It's Tom telling you how easy it's been for me to lose weight on the Nutrimost weight loss plan. I've started up another round at the new Nutrimost Plymouth location. And those unwanted pounds are going fast. I've lost over 34 pounds. Nutramos is so easy, and they guarantee that you'll lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. There's no exercise, shots, drugs, prepackaged food, and I'm never hungry. Nutramos has helped me change my life, and I know they can help you too. Nutramost to Plymouth is hosting a second free informational dinner. Learn how to have success losing weight just like me. Neil Sheehy, Nutramost client and owner who played nine years in the NHL and is an agent to some of the NHL's current top players will be at the dinner, and so will I actually. It's Monday, April 30th, 6 p.m. at Jake's City Grill in Plymouth, located around the corner from Neutramost, just off Highway 55 and 494. Space is limited. Call 763-333-7337 to register. That's 763-333-7337. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, your Minnesota Twins kick off the season in exactly 45 minutes. They're in Baltimore. Baltimore sucks. But Baltimore has won their
1: last three season openers. You're, a, so, you're absolutely right. They need to nuke that city and yeah. start over.
3: Red Sox start off in Tampa Bay, so they start off in that garbage bag down there. Yeah. But as long as they win, <laughs> in, I don't, <laughs> don't care. i You got to tell you, we need we more than
1: that. just Chris Sales to step up this year. That is true. That is true. These guys don't start stepping up. I'm getting rid of that Spanish manager, whatever his <laughs> name is. Alex. 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 <laughs> See how he runs the bullpen. Take your cat, your glove, and your pinata and get out of town. <laughs> No, that's not oh, racist. They all have piñatas. <laughs> Guess who's on his phone again? Murray the Kemp. How's the stock market Murray doing, handsome? Murray the Kemp was on his phone. Mm. Uh, a typical uh, typical Jew. It's just what I do for a living. <laughs> <laughs> call me, it's <laughs> it's calling the wonderful. ACLU. calling the ACLU. That's hilarious. <laughs> Good oh. luck to you, pal. Hey, Rick Bronson. So, it's yeah. Paul, I can't come to the uh, show. I've been arrested by the ACLU. I'm going after Murray the Jew, Murray the, Murray Jew. the Kemp, <laughs> Murray the Kemp. Oh God! I really it's thought wonderful. he was Ron when I got in the car. Um. <laughs> 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 Do you go back to Rhode Island much? Um,
3: I don't anymore because my brother left a lot of. Uh, people there that if I show up they'll start calling me and give me problems oh I
1: thought you many killed people left bodies around
3: (laughs) no they're alive oh family
1: yeah Yeah. Yeah. oh I went I went for uh, I went for Valentine's Day I did a, a show my wife came up I took my mother to the show, which I don't like to do because she's like my kryptonite of the show. So she wants to sit up front. We're like, you're not going to sit up front. So we see her. No, because it's just too distracting. And then she'll like start talking yeah, to people. Yeah. Do you think he's funny? I never thought he was funny. She says that to people. She, My mother will say to people... Oh, yeah, he's got his awards and everything for The Daily Show, but he wasn't funny as a kid. I don't know where he got this. And I'm like, well, you're an evil human being. And uh, so my mother would hit me with a spatula and her shoe. Did you ever get hit with yeah, a shoe? Yeah, of course. Kid? She was Italian, right? Yeah, deserved yeah it. that happened. Can't hate a kid anymore. Nope.
3: nope. Nah, uh, they still do, I bet. Good in old Rhode days. Island.
1: Well, I, I, you got to pull I the shades. Still do <laughs> I bet. You pull the shades, and then it's a whole other story. So she's at the show, and she has really bad hearing, as we've talked about. She's deaf in one ear. She won't wear a hearing aid, blah, blah, blah. So we sit her in the back, not way in the back, but like in the back So I'm on stage, and I'm trying not to look. She's like stage left, so I'm not looking in that direction. I don't like to, because she doesn't really laugh. She just stares at you. Yeah, she stares at you. She does, like she's trying to pick out a faucet for her kitchen. Like, it's like, mm, I don't know, brass? Mm. Okay. So I'm about 20 minutes into my set, and all of a sudden, my mother's about four feet nine. Wait a minute, hang on. Ooh. Nope. She's four, she, she just dropped another inch. She's four eight. <laughs> four eight. And uh, four eight. she's shrinking. And I see this little Yoda-like figure in the back of the room, just working, going left to right in the back of the room. Like, all the way to the left and all the way to the right. All the way to the left. And it's my mother. And she's just hovering and walking in the back of the room. Nobody else. So now, the person I didn't want to see is, like, the focus of my attention. And she's what she's doing is she's moving next to the speaker so she could hear me. Because she won't wear a hearing aid. So she's sticking her head, like, up in the air. You know, like a dog. Like, sniffs. And then she, and then she wa- I swear to God, walks to the other side and she goes like and then keeps going and then in the middle of my set I just go Ma sit down and I yell <laughs> <laughs> and, and, my, my, and my sister's with her and supposed to be taking care of her right and I say to my now I'm on stage and I'm like Karen what what and I'm like going like that and I'm like meaning like what the F is going on here right and, my, and, I'm, and she, my mother looks at me I go, Ma, sit down. Now, 250, 300 people looking at me like, is this guy have Tourette's? Like, what is he doing? He's <laughs> just <is this> yelling. <laughs> so, that's Rhode Island. Whenever so that's you go, like, it's that's mom and your sister. The family come out and the whole thing. But Where were you at in Rhode Island ha, for that show? Oh. Uh, Comedy Connection. Comedy He's Connection, from, yeah. Okay. And I grew up in Providence. I went to in, uh, Providence yep. College and had yep. to work at home in the business. Yes, Catherine.
0: How long did you realize before your mom would actually get a hearing aid that she had hearing problems? Because my, my mom was at least 10 years, that she just stared at me and shook her head yes. <laughs> no idea what I was saying for 10 years.
1: Yeah, you know, it was a while. It might have been that long or even longer. Like, they just won't give in. I guess it's like you don't want to, maybe, I don't know, maybe they feel like they're giving in to being old or something. I don't know.
0: I guess.
1: How did you finally get her to get one? She
0: just couldn't hear anything anymore. It was just, she couldn't hear the phone, nothing. She was stone deaf. Then she went and got one.
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. You should say, you know, you you, nah. you were deaf. You won the lottery, but you couldn't hear it, so we took all the money. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, we
2: took you got nothing. You got nothing. You got nothing yeah. out of the deal. You
1: got that hearing.
2: Aid. I, um, you know, I never
1: usually do this,
2: but Murray is new to the job, relatively new to the job. Relatively. Murray, new, have relatively. you ever heard? Uh, yeah, relatively. Have you ever heard the story of Cousin Bobby at Arthur's funeral? You're, oh my God, it's the I don't best. want, you know, I'm not, I don't tell comedians to do their act or anything like that, but that's not your act. It's a true, true life story. story. Yeah. It's one of the best stories of all time. Murray, have you ever heard this I've story? I've never heard it. I've right. never heard it. I can tell it if you want, Paul. Oh, yeah. If you don't, <laughs> you'd rather not. Oh, <laughs> well, you guys know what i have now.
1: Oh, yeah, no, uh, I'll like tell the, it. You, um, unless you want to tell it, I'm fine with you. Five, <laughs> you I, no, I don't mind. No, no. I, you want me oh, to tell God, it?
2: I'd love to hear it again. I'd love to hear it
1: again. Oh, it's so funny. I always hesitate to say it at KQ because I feel like people have heard it a bunch, but I'll say it the next time I'm on. It's been a while since I told that story on KQ. Oh, it's wonderful. So I uh, you know, grew up Italian, and um, my cousin Bobby, um, his father is my uncle Archie, my mother's brother, and Archie, I don't know if I ever told you this part, Tom, but Archie had a barbershop. And it was like a guy's barbershop, like you know, like Red Sox playing mm-hmm. or Frank Sinatra. Or, yep. or like, and then he'd go in the back sure. room, and then he'd come out of the back. He'd go in the back room with a guy, and then he'd come out of the back room, and the, it would be like they'd shake hands, and there was like an, like something passed <laughs> through the hands. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, is my uncle a male hooker? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and, uh, He's and, embellishing, uh, Mike. I'm embellish- <laughs> Right. And uh, I... Um, and I realized my uncle, to make extra money on the side, was booking numbers out of the back of his, of his. Uh, so the f- apple doesn't fall far from the tree, so fast forward my cousin Bobby, who's this handsome guy, could have been like a male model, and he was always going to make a million bucks the easy way. So he started booking numbers and running numbers, and um, he uh, he sells stuff out of the trunk of his car. <laughs> yep. And he would go, and I remember one day, my buddy Bobby Falvo was uh, pumping gas at one of the stations, the gas stations in town in the in our little neighborhood and oh your cousin Bobby came in today yeah he goes yeah and my friend starts laughing I go why are you laughing he goes oh he was selling stuff out of the trunk of his car he goes what what was he selling he goes he was selling suits, ratchets and car alarms and it was car alarms that he stole out of other people's cars Bobby was so stupid right like he didn't even get the irony like and my friend goes, you know, the fact you're able to steal these means they weren't very good alums. He goes, what are you talking about? It just doesn't have the box. Here, take it. It's $25. <laughs> so my father passes away, and we have the funeral at, uh, I don't know if you know, but it's Mary Annie Funeral's Home. Yep. Which is, by the way, where I used to make out with my wife and then oh. my girlfriend in the back of the funeral home parking lot late at night. Okay. Because so nobody hangs out in funeral home parking no. lots. It's too nope. creepy. Yeah, that's where you get it on. You know what I'm saying, Catherine? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: I do, yeah. Yeah,
1: nothing but death surrounding you. Death and then life. Um, and so, uh, Bobby, you know, you go to a funeral, you wear your gray or your blues, right? So there's the receiving line. It's an open casket, and I'm standing next to the casket with my brother, my sister, and my mother, and there's a receiving line, and everybody's in blue-gray, and then in a the distance, there's, like, this orange dot, like, literally, like, fluorescent, like the orange that they use for cones, right? And the streets. And this is Bobby. This is how you ingest my mm-hmm. father's funeral. A fluorescent orange silk shirt, unbuttoned gold chains, white pant leather belt, <laughs> white slacks. Yep. Basically, a creamsicle with chest hair, basically. And <laughs> <laughs> white mesh loafers, no socks because it's the summer. Uh but you got to put powder on your feet to keep them dry but Bobby being the greedy us, put too much powder so every time he'd step toward the casket puffs of white smoke would come out of the tops of his shoes and, I look at my, and I'm laughing I look at my brother I go I think we nominated a pope we just nominated a pope and,
2: he goes, and
1: then uh, and then he goes up to the casket and does his prayer and oh it's just too much and he's just like and then he's hitting on women at the, at the at the funeral home, like girls like trying to get laid at the like picking somebody up. Like he would like he was putting his hands on women's legs. Like it's just completely inappropriate. For the best. Didn't he yeah. give you money though? He gave me uh um no oh, you mean oh. Well, when he when I knelt at the, he knelt at the casket and then he he came over to me and he goes, "Hey, Paulie. Because Paulie goes, Paul, he goes uh, and he he does talk like that. He goes Uncle Otto and he's always like moving, like his legs are always moving, like he's got a live snake in his pants, you know. Like how you doing? How you doing? You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. What is it called? Restless, restless leg restless syndrome leg. Or, yes, exactly. or Guido exactly. standing, as I call it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and uh, he goes, uh, he stands up. He goes, uh, hey Paulie. He goes Uncle Otto. He was a good man. He's a little suck for the funeral, and he palms me fifty dollars like I'm a major D in a restaurant. Uh. Uh. He dukes you he Dukes you he, 50 he bucks, at 50 at 50 funeral. bucks. <laughs> And then he hangs out <laughs> <laughs> He stands there Like Elvis With the legs going oh, God. Uh. One of the greatest oh.
2: Stories yeah. of all time yeah. I will never forget The first time you told me I thought I was going to die uh. Uh. Yeah. Well, I'll, yeah, I'll tell it the cousin. next time
1: I'm on the radio with you too It's been a while But yeah He's uh, he's a w- piece of work man. He means well He just can't get out Of his own way You know mm. One of those guys He's still alive though huh? Is he st- oh he's still alive Good. Already. Yeah He's going to He's going to find a way to scam his own funeral. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know.
3: He's definitely going to be there in a fluorescent <laughs> <laughs> orange shirt. Yeah, That's exactly.
1: Sure. That's true. Yeah.
3: I exactly. love
2: that. A dreamsicle. Yeah. The chest hair. Yeah, he just. Which is what it is. It
1: really is. And, like, he just thought he looked great. See, that's the thing. Like if he did it as a joke, it wouldn't be funny, but he just thought he looked looked like a million bucks. <laughs> and you know, and all all you needed was to have somebody come in and lower the lights and hang a mirror spin ball and we were all set to go. Like you could have turned that you could have turned the wake into a disco party. All you needed was the mirror vlog. Yeah,
3: imagine him, him looking at that orange suit and thinking, That's mine. Yeah,
4: Exactly. <laughs>
1: he's a, he's a, Let's see. How much is it? $300. That means I got to sell 12 car alarms. I could sell 12 car alarms. Well, but
3: the math is a little earlier. I got to go get 12 car alarms. (laughs) I gotta,
1: I gotta find twelve yeah, cars. With, I'm gonna go to Lincoln. Nah, that's a, that's a hole. I'm not going to Lincoln. I'm gonna find the go place. To with, you go to Barrington. Go to Barrington or Bristol or the East Side of Providence. There you go. A lot of Jews, Murray, the Kemp East Side of Providence. <laughs> you going oh, to move sure. there? Coming, sure. sure. <laughs>
2: Murray. I'm on Kemp. my way. East Side, Rhode Island. Oh, oh. Thank God, you are unbelievable. Uh, Is our Keith Harris with us?
4: Yes. Yeah. Uh huh.
2: Mr. We're Harris, how, how I'm right here. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Tom? Uh, everything is marvelous. Paul mercurio's in studio, telling Italian stories from <laughs> from the Rhode Island, New York, Boston area, and it's it's unbelievable. <laughs> no, so, so, what do, pe- do people awesome. call you, Keith? They don't call you R. They call you Keith, don't they?
4: No, yeah, everybody calls me
2: Keith. Yeah, yeah, because I. So, R. Keith
4: Harris. Unless you're a pirate, unless of course you're a pirate. <laughs>
2: what do you think of that? You think
1: of- Sorry. He's working. He's working <laughs> the room, Mercurio. What do you think of that? Hey, listen, I don't want to get in his way. You <laughs> don't, you don't want to mess I with a guy. D- you don't want to mess with a guy with one initial and two names, Mister Showoff, R. <laughs> Keith Harris. I like it.
2: <laughs> well. <laughs> Hell of a, you know. I got to tell you something because I don't. Paul's got to go in about ninety seconds here because he's got a big, big shot phone call. You know these Italians are all got big shot phone calls they got to make. You know (laughs) how that goes. But honest to God, Keith, you have looked like you're like thirty years old forever. Honestly, I don't even know if you look that. that. I don't even know if you look if you look that old. You just you you've looked the same forever. I mean, good job. You must relax a lot.
4: It's that uh, it's that full head
2: of hair my parents gave me. Yeah, there you go. That's what it is. <laughs> all right, let me say let, let me say goodbye to Paul, and then we'll we'll take a, about a, a ninety second break, and then we'll come back and we'll talk to our Keith. There is that all right with you, Keith? Sounds good. Magnificent, Paul. Paulie. Yeah. Tommy, it's always a great pleasure having you in paulie we'll talk to you soon well i'll, I'll see you next week as a matter of fact
1: yeah and I'll, I'll call you later when you're off the air and you're done having your nails done whatever it is your bunions <laughs> yeah, and my nails i'm going
2: get them yeah my bunions yeah get my bunions done always a pleasure paul. oh it's I, well, great man i, well, I, I love you guys like to see you next week <laughs>
1: yeah and we uh too, podcast pal. is on itunes paul mercurio show it's all there you can get tom bernard if you want to listen to tommy Yep. and me hang out, and yeah. uh, shows this weekend at uh, House of Comedy tonight, two tomorrow, to Saturday. And Murray Beautiful. the Camp will be Thank there. Paul. Just look for the big Jew that doesn't look like a Jew. <laughs> look for the Jew, <laughs> Monster <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, guys. It's always great to be on with you. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Good Thanks, Paul, Paul Mercurio. We'll be
2: right back with our Keith Harris, Tom Bernard Show. Tom Bernard here. If you're ready to sell your home, you've probably heard that you should wait until spring. But why wait for temperatures to rise when the market is hot right now? Don't wait until spring to sell your home. Call the Chris Lindahl team at 763-401-SOLD. That's 763-401-SOLD. The first two callers will get a free staging package. This is a huge value, and it's only going to the first two Tom Bernard Show callers from this ad. That's 763-401-SOLD. Call now, get the free staging package, and grab the opportunity before winter is over. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes.
0: And uh, there used to be
2: a ballpark where the
0: field was warm and green.
2: (laughs) Uh, There you go, the opening day of baseball, ladies and gentlemen. So Mike Molina, Paul Mercurio, they play Frank Sinatra singing about baseball. Oh, yeah. Got him. Magnificent! Our very special guest, R. Keith Harris, joins us, ladies and gentlemen. Writer and star of Shifting Years in theaters now. As a matter of fact, uh, man, it's unbelievable—70 film and TV credits under your belt. You, what? How old were you when you started? Let's say when you had your first big break in, in uh, television or film.
4: Oh gosh, I was. My very first thing I was cast in was. After uh, undergrad, so I was probably around
2: twenty-two. Yeah, so you yeah, still...
4: probably around twenty-two, twenty-three. I was cast in—I um, was cast actually in an episode of Matlock. Oh, yeah. Ma- wow. Matlock! <laughs> Good, excellent. Um, way back in the day, yeah.
2: Way, way back. Well, growing up, uh, now you were born in Tennessee, but you grew up in North Carolina. So, are you—are you, are you a baseball fan? Are you a Major League Baseball fan?
4: I am. I am a baseball fan. And who's your
2: team? I like
4: it. Yeah, I'm sorry, say again?
2: So who's your team?
4: We have, uh, we've got uh, like one of the farm leagues, uh, the Greensboro Grasshoppers. I sure. think they're a yeah, sure. farm league um, in, uh, in town here. And I-, I like that I like that kind of grassroots, you know, lower league action because it can get a little more, uh, you know, get a little more exciting sometimes.
2: Yeah, we talked about, matter of fact, just yesterday, on, I do a morning show as well, and we we're talking about what's called town ball here. Uh, every little town has their own has their own professional baseball team, and it's not even a ball. It's I guess below a ball, but it's so much fun right. to go go to these little towns, go to these, these little uh... ballparks they got, and sit there and watch them play. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's it's very exciting uh-huh. baseball because these guys are giving it their all. There's no doubt about it. I love that kind of baseball.
4: Yeah, man, they they go at it
2: hardcore. <laughs> no doubt about it. So you're 22, 23 years old. You get your first big break. Now you're a big-shot mm-hmm. writer, star of the uh, Shifting Gears and theaters. <laughs> I mean, uh, you've done it all, though, in the business, right? I mean, you've uh, literally, uh, from The Walking Dead to... I, yeah. I'm looking at ev- all all the stuff you've done. My God, you've, you've been in everything.
4: Well, it, you know, it's, it's been kind of a ride. You know, I, I got out of... I went to graduate school, got my MFA in acting with a concentration in film and, and got out and my very first job after getting out was driving a redbird taxi and uh so I'm like okay so I'm a better actor for having gone to graduate school so <laughs> how do I pay my bills <laughs> well <laughs> and um so I moved out to LA and I was like okay you know I'm climbing to the top of the heap now yeah and so then you know I got out there and realized it was called show business and business is the much bigger word and um so, uh, you know, I, that's when I started writing. And uh, after I had a you know, few scripts under my belt that I'd written, I was like, well, yeah, nobody's banging down my door to make these things, so I guess i got to figure that out, too.
2: <laughs> Which is wonderful, though. You figured out how to do it yourself. you got some great people to be in uh, in the movie with you. I, 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 that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just is. I'm looking at some of the sure. people you've worked with. You've worked with everybody in the business. I mean, Robert Redford, Emma Thompson, Burt Reynolds uh you mm-hmm. it just goes on and on and on but tell tell me about shifting gears when did when did that when did you write shifting gears
4: actually the very first draft of the script I wrote in two thousand five um there was a a buddy of mine that worked at a garage for ten years and he kept a, a journal of kind of funny things that happened to him for along his time there and um, him and some buddies used to run a dirt track car and he had a loose idea for a story so I took. Some of those moments from his journal. So there are there are moments that happen throughout the script at the garage that that he actually saw and witnessed. And uh, then I you know I built the story around the family and and uh, uh, and built it that way.
2: So it takes I mean, if somebody is sitting out there going you know I'm, I have this idea for a screenplay and I really you know someday I got to sit down and write it. From what you're telling me, they probably better get started because it's not like an overnight uh, process.
4: Not at all. No, no, it is not. Uh, when I first, I first wrote the script, and it, it actually sat there for probably five years uh, before I even really tried to do anything with it. I was working, trying to get another film done, and um, and then probably about 2010, 2011, I really started, you know, going. You know, this really does have you know, a built-in fan base and the most sellable kind of angle. So that's when I really started pursuing it. And then uh, at that point, we um, were, I was in business with someone. Uh, we were four weeks away from principal photography and long story short, the financing fell through, so we had to close up shop. And, mm. and uh, at that point, I, I had pretty much thought that it was, uh, you know, not ever going to get made. And I started working on a a, a job for Home Depot at a, a company oh. called the Alderman Company in High Point. Really? And they um, they have, you know, a lot of national brands uh, that they do work with, you know, everything from Amazon to Home Depot, LG. And um, so they they had been doing a lot of, you know, photography and a lot of, um, uh, like, commercial work that was, like, you know, B-roll and voiceover, and, and um, I sent him the script, and... He read it and liked it, and they ended up raising the whole financing package for it, and we um, we went into partnership and did it. I mean, what
2: what are the percentages that was going to happen? That that had to be a very rare occurrence, huh?
4: I, it it was a very rare occurrence. I mean, I, I call it one of those God moments in life where it just like like really, you know, at the end of the day, you look at it and go, man, this this movie really shouldn't exist, but you know, it does, and I'm glad it does.
2: No question about it. I do I take a little umbrage, though, because the the guy you play in the movie, his name is Tom, uh, a man whose childhood dreams were long ago abandoned and then broken by corporate America. So thanks for that, uh, Keith. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, you know, I feel much better about myself now. Uh, so, yeah, so as far as... The film is concerned shifting. You were talking to our Keith Harris about his film, writer and star of Shifting Gears. So, uh, in a nutshell, basically the movie is about w- w- what's the movie about?
4: Well, um, you you kind of hit the nail on the head there a little bit. Um, the quick pitch is it's We Bought a Zoo meets Days of Thunder on a dirt track. Huh. Um, and <laughs> <Okay>. uh, <laughs> um, it's a sports comedy about this um, this guy he. Uh, gets out of high school, and he starts in the stockroom at this big box store, and um, he, you know, works his way to section manager, floor manager, store manager, and thinks he's poised after 20 years for this southeastern regional manager position at corporate, and um, comes to realize that you have to have, it's corporate policy, you have to have a four-year degree to uh, manage at the corporate level. Mm. And so they're basically sidelining him, and he's he's reached this glass ceiling, and And so he, uh, uh, he ends up, um, taking, uh, over a garage that his estranged father bequeathed to him. And, um, they set off to, you know, start a family business. And, um, then they come to realize that there's a a lien on the property that they, uh, didn't know existed. And they have to throw a Hail Mary and enter this race to win the money.
2: No, so there's a... You you roll the dice basically, and obviously I don't want to know the end of the film because I want to see. It. I
4: do have to right. ask you
2: something, Keith. It, why? Now this is just my wife, Catherine, is is, is with uh, me here on the show, and our son Andy's on. Usually yeah. our daughter's on as well, but she's not here today. Yeah. But it's uh, we love Catherine and I, my wife and I, when we go to movies. It seems like every movie we go to now is an independent film, mm-hmm. and I, and I, I I don't know, you know these big hollywood movies i'm not a big fan of science fiction or or you know the and i'm nothing against it if you like it you like it the superhero stuff is good good for you and all the rest of it but the real two the really true like great stories of americana they're all independent films uh, why won't hollywood make those
4: movies any longer you know that's a good question uh, you know i think i think the studio system has gotten become such a conglomerate between, you know, major organizations and, and, and major companies that, uh, you know, they need those, what they call tentpole productions Mm -hmm. that they spend, you know, stupid amounts of money on in order to make stupid amounts of money back. Um, you know, something like Black Panther, what it grossed a billion dollars or something Mm -hmm. now globally. Um, and, and because they're so focused on trying to, to tell those stories, you know, these smaller stories tend to fall through the cracks. It's, it's um, you know, it, they're just not, um, uh, they're not important enough, uh, I think, to some extent for them, which is unfortunate because, you know, they've proven time and again to, you know, come out and surprise people.
2: Yeah, no question. I have a friend who, who married a woman from China and I was talking to him mm-hmm. about the very same thing, and she thinks, she, she was born in China, raised in China, she thinks that the, that China has become such an important market for, for movie making that Hollywood goes out of their way to make sure that the Chinese will be pleased with the product. Definitely. So, Andy, you believe that too? Yeah, yeah absolutely.
4: Well, absolutely. I mean, one of the problems... We were actually close to um, uh, a foreign deal with Paramount at one point. Mm -hmm. And we had landed on some numbers, and we were kind of working out the contracts and stuff. And and, uh, then it came through that Paramount lost a $4 billion investment from a Chinese investment firm. And then right about the time that happened... You know, they're calling us, going, "Wow, well, you know, I don't think these numbers are quite right." And da, 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 da. And so, <laughs> yeah. and then at that point, you're just negotiating against yourself, yeah. and you go, "Well, look, man, we, you know, we'll we'll go it alone." Thank you for your thanks for that.
2: I just think it's too bad because there, there's so many great... I mean, there, there, People mentioned in the bio they sent me, you know, uh, they talk about Brooke Langton and M. Emmett Walsh and John Ratzenberger and C. Thomas Howell and, you know, good actors that that are very, very entertaining. You used to see movies all the time. We want to see the stories like, you know, Lucky came out a few months ago, just fantastic. I mean, Catherine, every movie you and I have seen lately is an independent film. They're good. They're about... Uh, well, I mean, basically, well, three billboards outside I Emmy, mean, Missouri, it was an independent film, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, well, we uh-huh. grew up in an era where we wanted a story and we wanted good acting, right? <laughs> that would be <laughs> and good. They just, yeah, that's just something that is hard to find now,
2: unless you go to uh-huh. the the independent. So, so basically, I guess I'm, in a roundabout way, I'm thanking you for for making movies like this because. Uh, this is what I want to see I want to see stories of people that make it and then maybe fail a little bit and then try to make it another way and okay if we're gonna get yeah. this one business to work we're gonna have to roll the dice and see what happens over here that's real life and those are interesting stories yeah. to me i love I love that kind of film love it
4: yeah and, and that that is real life and it, and it's uh, you know it's also in the midst of that you know this family you know button heads and you know, working out the kinks. You know, right, right. Um, in the process of, you know, kind of trying to find, you know, where they're going to land. You know, when stuff is so uncertain.
2: Well, I think it's wonderful. Shifting Gears is the name of the movie. Writer and star of Shifting Gears are Keith Harris. Plays a guy named Tom who's a loser, but that's okay. <laughs> Don't worry about my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is good. But but thank you and keep everybody everybody in that. In, in, in that independent film business just keep on keep on making your movies because man I love them people do love them I love the independent theaters it's uh it's what I grew up on and I really and by the way I really appreciate your your uh, your effort here because uh, uh, you were booked I think yesterday to do the show but it, some some got mixed up or whatever and uh, you made made the effort to come yes. back and be with us and I wanted to thank you for that it was very nice very of you to nice. do that. uh
4: nowhere at all man I you know it's the stuff happens and, you know, you just gotta roll with it.
2: <laughs> That's it, you gotta roll with it. I can't wait to see your movie, sir. Thank you very much for being with us today. Have a magnificent day and I hope to talk to you again soon.
4: It sounds good. Thank you so much, Tom. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Our Keith Harris,
2: the movie's called Shifting Gears in theaters nationwide. Now, it is true though, every movie you and I go see is an independent film.
0: Well, like I said, we like a, we like a movie with, you know, an actual plot. Plot's good. And some decent writing. It's just, no, it's true. you know,
2: it's unbelievable. I mean,
0: the blockbuster films are fun to see from time to time, but they all tend to be the same. Right. So
2: it's true. Michael, are you going to stay with us I for the third stay. hour or you got to go? I will be here. Excellent. I was talking to Melina. Thank you.
4: Bye, Catherine. <laughs> go bad
0: for you. Bye. We'll be, we'll be right
2: back, Tom Bernard Show. <laughs>